0: The problem was, I did watch it recently, but I wanted to watch it again to take notes. So I watched it again today, but Netflix got rid of Paprika and I didn't get warned. Netflix, please warn. They occasionally, I'll get the banner one at the top. They'll say, oh, this movie is leaving on June 25th, but it's just very hit or miss as to whether I get those and whether I see those. They're very anxious to tell you what's coming to Netflix. But oh, of
1: course they are. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but when it comes to what's leaving, Eh, not so much. A
1: little bit hush-hush about it, yeah.
0: <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I'm Justin. I'm Dan. On Filling in the Gaps, we typically discuss mind-bending movies and puzzle games. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if this one really counts as mind-bending, but I will say that the first time I watched it, I was very confused. I'm not sure how you feel about it, but the movie we are going to talk about is Paprika. This one is from 2006 There's another movie with the same title. This is a Japanese animated film directed by Satoshi Kon, written by Satoshi Kon, and also Seishi Minikami,
1: based on a novel that I've not read. Yeah, I haven't seen any of this guy's stuff, like Perfect Blue or any of the other other stuff that he's done. I will say it looks interesting, though. Yeah, yeah.
0: Sadly, died in 2010 at the age of 46, so we won't be getting any new stuff from him.
1: No, no.
0: But if he can do this kind of visual, just, I know you should have the word for it, a kind of cacophony of just a ridiculous amount of stuff that was happening in this one. And this is probably one of the best examples, I think, for me of a movie that I don't feel waste time. Like there's no time wasted. I was thinking as I watched through for a second time just recently that I was going to speed through it. And I was like, I, I really can There's not a lot to pass forward through here. It's just nonstop. Something is happening. Even when you don't think it is visually, there is something happening. There's something going on. And that to me is very interesting. I will say that the first time I watched this movie, I did see it in the cinema. Now, I don't know if I saw it in 2006. My suspicion is not that I saw it somehow in an art house, maybe the year after. I remember loving some of the wild scenes, but not really understanding the story. I don't know if I was really tired. I think this might have been one of the times where I was visiting a friend or I just come back to the US and I was a bit jet lagged. So I was kind of not really putting it together. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure what it was, but I do know that something about this movie stuck with me. When I first watched it, I thought, ah, that was okay. And I thought, It would just kind of go in and out, and maybe I would remember, oh yeah, I saw that movie once, but that wasn't the case. There's something about this movie that just really dug into me, and so when I saw it on Netflix, I jumped on the chance to watch it again, and I really enjoyed it. And there was just a lot of, not just visual interesting stuff, which is what I remembered, but there's actually this story of characters that interweave, and it's good. Like, to me, it feels very solid. So it seems an odd choice for Gaps, but I will say, the first time I watched it, I just didn't get it. I didn't really put it all together.
1: I'll tell you what I did get. I got where uh, Christopher Nolan got a lot of his ideas for Inception from. It does feel like that, right? This movie is ahead of so many of those. I mean,
0: behind Matrix, but ahead of so many others like it. Yeah. IMDb rating at 7.7, Rotten Tomatoes. Critics at 85%, audience at 87. I was surprised. I thought that it'd be much lower. I do think this is the kind of movie, though, people go into it knowing they're going into Japanese animation and it could be
1: very weird visually and are ready for that. Right. And I think this guy already had a lot of clout before this came out as well. Well, I thought about it by the time I would finished watching it was it was basically an Alice in Wonderland movie for me. It didn't really invite me to think deeply about it. I just went with it, you know? So, like you said about it, it's not really a GAPS movie because... It's kind of all contained and it's pretty obvious by the end of, end of the thing that you, you know what you've just watched and you can kind of piece it all together. But I just liked it because it was a thing that I could just watch and just accept what was happening and I didn't have to think too hard about it. Yeah, it was a refreshing anime movie that was, it was kind of mental to look at. But story-wise, it was much more palatable than like other animations that I watched. <laughs> I was just like, what the hell is going on in this? This one
0: is definitely much easier to do than mind games that we did before. Yeah, yeah. I highly recommend it. I think that, especially if you're into Japanese animation and you've missed out on this one, definitely check it out. I think the soundtrack plays really well into it. Not just, ooh, they're crazy visuals, but the way that it's shot, angles that they are using. There's a lot of love that went into this from a skilled storyteller, and I really appreciate that. I think it's one I would say for that, but I... I know that it can be a bit of a hard sell otherwise, because if you're really not focused, yeah. as I probably wasn't the first time, it doesn't just wash over you, it washes over your head. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can really start to go,
1: I don't know, it has something to do with dreams. I lost track of all character names in this, so it's just like, I couldn't keep track of who people were. They even changed their names occasionally.
0: Even today watching it again... It was still a bit confusing. They don't use the names a lot. They refer to characters in other ways, and that makes it even more difficult. I looked it up today by picture. Okay, this character is this. What you're finding with the different names, I think, is sometimes they're referring to characters by their family name and sometimes by their given name.
1: Yeah, because they call one of the guys Hero, but then they change it to... Hiramoto or something like that. Like, I guess that's his full name. Maybe that second part is his family name.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I think the first one is just an abbreviated nickname. All right, and then they at other times they're saying his full name. Right, but we need to get out of this because we need to get into the (laughs) the spoiler section. So I would recommend it. Just realize you're in for something that's a bit wild, a bit, I guess, like you said, inception esque.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely some bits, and I like how it pays kind of tribute to many different levels of cinema as it goes through. Yeah, it's got some not just crazy visuals, but clever visuals. It's got some really clever bits in it that I, I enjoyed when she like goes into the paintings and stuff like that. That's incredible. Okay. There's <laughs> your first spoiler.
0: <laughs> Alright, but let's do it now. So if you want to see paprika from 2006 I highly recommend it. Do that now. Otherwise if you've already seen it or don't care about spoilers, well join us because we're about to go into the spoiler section. We open in a circus. Mm-hmm. There's a tiny clown car, and by tiny I mean like the size of my foot. And out of it comes a foot and a leg <laughs> should not happen. Yeah. It's amazing. I love that visual. And it's in the spotlight, everything else is dark. You're wondering what is this? Is this gonna be the narrator? It's just sort of the circus ringleader. Yeah. And we're going to see as he steps out fully and tall, he starts the show a parade of animals and performers come in. There's a man with an earpiece who's walking up the aisle. We are going to find out that this is Detective Konikama. I would say he's one of the main characters of the story. Yeah. It's hard to say that there's really one main character. I know it's called Paprika and she and her alternate identity probably are the main character, but he seems like the other main character of the story because there are many times where she's not even in scene and we are following him.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And, I mean, we're in the spoiler section here. The story ends with him. Yeah. So I really think in many ways, Paprika was used to tell his story.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's like two stories going on.
0: There's this interesting story about this guy, but it's maybe not enough to make a whole movie about. Or maybe they thought it's not going to be that interesting on its own. But if we do this other sci-fi element to sort of framework the story, it'll work better. Again, I've not read the novel, so I don't know if that's how it works or if there are two main characters in it. But I like the way this works. I like the two main character section and that we start with them together and then they diverge into their own stories and then come back again. Right. As he's walking up the aisle, there's a clown who's going to talk to him. And I'm going to ask you this now. <laughs> okay. Did you watch the uh, subtitled or the dubbed version? I watched the dubbed version. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think the Japanese version is better. Yeah, probably. I, I've usually... seen both. Yeah. yeah. The actor for Paprika Chiba, she's not bad, but it just doesn't seem to have the same weight to it that the Japanese one did for me. Because mm. the cop guy sounds like J.K. Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> But the voice will come out. It's a voice that doesn't seem to fit the clown. Right. Because it's her voice. And the clown says, oh, be careful. The detective says, oh, don't worry. He's a friend of mine. Nothing bad will happen. <laughs> Instantly, he's transported <laughs> into a cage. All the audience has his face now and are chasing after him.
1: Yeah, that was that was exactly like... Have you ever seen the Come to Daddy video for FX Twin? I don't think so. Uh, it's just like that. It's like his face on all these little kids. and It's like something out of a nightmare. Paprika catches him and then we're gonna cut. We're gonna cut
0: between all these scenes really quick. So now he's carrying her and he's Tarzan. We're gonna cut to him being choked by a shadowy figure on a train. Paprika will hit the shadowy figure with a case that becomes a guitar, which is actually a famous scene from Roman Holiday. The shadowy figure runs off and now we're in what is the most important one? This is the hallway where there is a figure slowly falling. You've heard a gunshot and the target shadowy figure goes through the exit at the end of the hallway. The detective tries to catch him, but it's as though the world warps around him.
1: Yeah, it's like he's running on a blanket almost. It's just like gathering underneath his feet. He's not getting anywhere. And that's pretty much where we're going to wake up.
0: He's going to wake up sweating out of breath. We're going to find out that he is using what is called the DC Mini device. I don't know why they chose this name, but it works. I would just like if they'd said the character names a few more times. DC Mini, they say about a billion times <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. I know what that's called, yep. but I don't know what this guy I've been watching for 45 minutes is called. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Paprika starts going through sort of a debriefing, asking questions, trying to interpret the dream. The detective says, oh, well, some of this is because I'm working on this case that I can't solve. Mm -hmm. After this conversation, though, we're going to get what looks like a series opening. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: (laughs) Paprika in many different situations, its own theme song, the credits like you would get yeah, for any long-running series, like Attack on Titan or Death Note, right. so any of those, they have this theme song. And then you get into the movie, and that's what we have here. With the end of it cleverly showing Paprika driving a car and then wiping to it being Chiba, so we know that she is the same person. That isn't going to be a big mystery for us. That's not what this movie is about. And they get rid of that right away.
1: Yeah, right in the in the credits. But basically, we get the idea that what I took away from that is like she's some kind of dream genius, and so she can pretty much do anything. She's in, like in full control of the dream world and things like that, and that's what makes her special, I suppose. That whole thing with that cop was just like a—it was a therapy session, which is a really interesting concept.
0: That's what the DC mini is meant to be, mm-hmm. and this is throughout sci-fi ways to get into people's dreams. Ways to get into other people's minds. Right. So it's not exactly a new concept. But I do love the look of the DC Mini. Mm -hmm. The little curved stick with the moving parts on it. The glow. It's very simple. It looks like something you might actually put into production. Yeah. Yeah. I also just like the idea of, oh, we're not just doing it for entertainment or anything like that. We're doing it because this will help with therapy. And it's got a very specific purpose. And it's already unofficially being used that way. Right. There's a very large man stuck in the elevator. Yep. Chiba is going to... Okay, so to make this very clear, Chiba and Paprika are the same person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But to help make it clear where they are in the story, I'm going to refer to what her form is at the time. Right. So Chiba is going to help him out of the elevator... And he said, oh, I'm in trouble. She's like, I can see that. And he goes, no, 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 it's not because of the elevator. It's because somebody stole the DC Mini and I didn't put in the safeguards and everything's going to go bad.
1: Yeah, dreaming while you're awake is a problem.
0: (laughs) Which I'm not sure at this point, if we got to that, that that would be possible. It was more, I think, worrying about the information because anybody who uses the DC Mini unit would have access to information from anybody who's been in a sort of therapy session using the unit before. The chairman... (laughs) I mean, he's stuck in a wheelchair, and he's called the chairman.
1: It's a bit cruel, isn't it?
0: (laughs) I'm sure he has a character name, but he's always referred to as the chairman, especially in... Okay, so the chairman, who is sort of the ultimate boss, they're having this meeting. So there is... Who I'm going to most refer to as the chief, Mm -hmm. who is Chief Shima. That's the really short guy who's head of the department. Right. You have, I believe it's called Tokita, which is the really big guy. You've got Chiba. You've got another one who's called Dr. Morio Osanai.
1: Okay. I'll take your word for it. (laughs) He's
0: um, important in the end. Yeah. (laughs) He's kind of a 2D character until the end. And even then, still kind of. He's one of my weak parts,
1: but he doesn't... It doesn't take up a lot of space, though.
0: Right, and he also doesn't need to. That's kind of the point. Yeah. We will get to that towards the end when, when he becomes important. Mm-hmm. For now, I don't even think he's in this meeting. He just seems to be there a lot for Chiba to give us some exposition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the chairman clearly is against the DC Mini. He thinks it should not have been created, which I find very interesting given the ending. But maybe this is just the facade he's trying to put on. I can understand his argument, though. This stuff does sound like it could be very dangerous if put in the wrong hands.
1: Oh, yeah. And evidently it is. <laughs> Never no, no, it is.
0: It's already been stolen. The chief, so again, Shima. the chief is going to start talking just crazy stuff about a parade and a frog band. And then he's going to jump out a window. Yeah. He is the first that we see being controlled. hmm we also, I believe this is the first time after he jumps out or just before, we're going to actually see him in the parade. And the parade is amazing. Yeah. It is the frog band he was talking about. So everything he was talking about is there. The confetti, all those things. Appliances like refrigerators and blenders. Are just
1: get up and, <laughs> dancing walking. and walking around.
0: Yeah. And the music, that song. You can find it easily on YouTube. Just put paprika parade. Mm-hmm. You will get the song. It's amazing. <laughs> and it just fits the chaotic energy of what's going on in the parade so perfectly.
1: What I liked was the they, they kind of nod to Akira Kurosawa multiple times in this movie, actually. This parade reminded me of the parade that's in his movie called Dreams. It's a funeral parade, but it's really happy and vibrant and exciting. And there's like hundreds of people in this massive parade for this one person. There's also a a different parade in in the movie, like a kind of march. That's darker, but this really happy, vibrant parade just was like, wow, Akira Kurosawa's dreams. Yeah, I I really liked it. The amount of detail that's gone into that animation is incredible. It's really, really great. As far as I know, it looks all hand-done, yeah? It's not That's not computer-generated. I
0: have no idea. I do suspect it might be a combination. Right. This still would have been, I think, around the days of Futurama, where they were playing around with that, where they were using computer programs to kind like, of...
1: Like, layer stuff?
0: Yeah, but also, I, th- I think they were doing it a lot for in-between stuff. So, like, the opening to Futurama. It's my understanding that the way the ship flies, that they would sort of do out the keyframes and then let the computer program extrapolate what would happen uh, in between okay. to show them where it should be in those frames to, you know, fly right at the camera, how right. that should be. I could see them doing some of that, but I I do think a lot of this
1: was still hand-drawn. <laughs> yeah, because I got, I got some, like, kind of Akira-level detail vibes from it, like the, the amount of color and stuff that had gone into it. Yeah, really good. But anyway, so, yeah, so the parade, and then... Uh, And then we're going to find that the
0: chief is in a hospital bed. Chiba says that it was a patient's dream that was injected into his mind, somebody that the chief had been working with.
2: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And so now they're somehow combining. So we're already starting this idea of dreams combining.
1: Yeah, you can dream other people's dreams and also dream them while you're awake.
0: As they're watching it on the monitor, they notice Himuro as a doll, Mm -hmm. this doll in the red dress. And so now they want to start trying to find him. They think he's the one who stole it. He is Tokita's assistant, I believe, but we don't know that for sure at this point. Right? right. We just know that he was sort of a co-worker. They go to his apartment. It's full of just dolls and toys. There's a help me sign next to an orange toy robot that has Tokita's face cut out from a picture and pasted onto the head of yeah. that one, which we get to see later. hmm those kind of layers and thinking ahead and putting that together, I love. Mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic. Chiba is going to find a ladder hidden in his closet, and she's going to climb down. Now, is this real or is it not at this point? I think it's not because of what ends up happening. Yeah, There's a hallway with childish crayon drawings, leads to an amusement park that's empty. She sees the doll, and then she's about to leap over the fence to get the doll, And cut to reality, where she's leaping over the balcony off of a very tall railing over... Like an apartment building, apartment building that's 20 floors up or something.
1: Yeah. So whoever's controlling the dream is trying to murder her, basically. We find
0: out that Chiba is more vulnerable because of how much time she spent in the DC Mini space. Which is even worse, because we know as a viewer, she spent a lot more because she's been doing it as Paprika as well. Right. We learn all this in the restaurant where, of course, the big guy has to eat a lot.
1: Yeah, I really don't understand this character. (laughs) I don't understand why he's important, why he needs to be this size. I don't get it. Let me hold off on that. Remind me
0: towards Mm -hmm. the end. I have my theory. Okay. We're going to go back into the dream, though, after the scene. And Paprika makes the chief blow up like a balloon and pop. And that helps him to escape the dream. I'm not exactly sure how. this is. Well, I mean, there's a certain
1: amount of innuendo right there.
0: Yes, there is. But I'm just still wondering, like, well, what about making him explode in the dream? Let's just take it as literal, like he pops. How does that get him out of the dream? Does killing him in the dream allow him to become real again? And if so, why don't we do that more often? This is where I start to get a bit confused. I'm thinking too much about the technical side of how does it
1: work. Well, I think when you die in the dream, you die in real life, much like the Matrix kind of thing, because we see that happen later on. So I I, I honestly don't think he died. I think it was. She literally. I know what you think it is, but I don't think it's that. Yeah. Well.
0: I don't. It just doesn't feel like her character.
1: But she can do whatever she wants in the dream, it's not real. She's not killing him, because we've seen what happens when you kill someone where they do actually die in real life. His head is still floating around. I mean, he blows up like a balloon and pops. Yeah, I don't think that's murder or violence. That's not killing him. That's just waking him up. It's a slap. It's a pop of the balloon, you know, just to bring you back to reality. But if that's the
0: case, I just feel like they could come up with some more clever ways to wake the others up, and they don't seem to be able to. Because from here Uh, on out, everybody is stuck. The well, chief is the only one who makes it out but until that, the end. But
1: that could be that they have a personal relationship together. And maybe when he sees her in the dream, he recognizes her. And maybe the others don't. Or maybe they're too far gone or somehow He's only just gone in. I've got no idea. To me, it feels like something is missing here. An explanation mm. is missing.
0: In a movie that typically shows it to you and then explains it to you, this is mm. one where it's like, just trust us. It worked. <laughs> and I, I'm a little irritated by that one. We find out the chief is needed for a board meeting and he should stay in the hospital because the chairman wants the board meeting to approve cancellation of the DC mini work. Mm -hmm. Chiba talks in the window as she's walking through. There's this constant walkway that they go through, a sort of bridge between buildings. And in the window, she sees herself as Paprika and they are talking to each other. Paprika offers to take over, which is a little
1: creepy (laughs) and a little strange. So how do you read this? I see all of this as a dream, even if it is based in reality. Like, what they've set up is not only do you dream when you're sleeping, but you can dream when you're awake. So that really just opens the whole movie up to, we can do whatever we want now. So that's why I didn't really think too much about it. Because as far as I'm concerned, she's already dreaming anyway. I didn't see it that way.
0: I mean, I never want to see it that way. I always want to see at least one tangible reality in the Mm -hmm. movie. And so to me this felt more like she was having multiple personalities. Or even if you're not going to go so far as to say she literally has multiple personalities, you could say that she's just dealing with it in the Batman-esque way of who am I really? Am I the person I was born into or am I the person that I created? (laughs) In that conversation, though, Chiba says that she had no dreams lately. Paprika offers... To let her sleep. And Chiba says, well, it doesn't matter. I don't dream anyway. I haven't right. had dreams in a while. Which seems a strange thing. Mm-hmm. Though I think that would fit into your theory of she's dreaming now. You don't often have dreams within dreams. Right. The detective goes onto the internet to meet with Paprika. She's created this online lounge, this bar. Which you can go to in real life. She says that dreams on the dreams and internet are similar in the way that you react with them in your brain. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure how much I buy that. <laughs> and even in this one, it felt a bit weird. How is he putting himself so mentally into this when he's just looking at a monitor? I get sucked in. I have suspension of disbelief, but this is a bit too far.
1: That's just a web page.
0: Yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Where he's getting a drink and he's drinking it. Like, well, no. But again, this would play more into your theory. We find out in this conversation that the detective and the chief, Shima, they knew each other in university the detective says something about, oh, movies are not my thing in a way that seems very unnatural. I think even first time he said it, I was like, okay, what's the movie trauma that you've got? He exits and he's in a whole street of just cinemas with all of the marquees for movies that were in his dream. Mm-hmm. You've got Roman Holiday, you've got Tarzan, you've got a spy film. Paprika really urges him, let's go see a movie. No! Shouts. Shudders fall. We cut to the lab. Two more victims are marching down the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> the chairman is going to use an executive order now to stop the DC Mini, so it doesn't matter if the chief is in hospital or not. Our big guy, Takita, he has a t-shirt. So this is one of those scenes where Chiba is talking to Morio, and <laughs> kind of for exposition, But then as the big guy's taking off his lab coat and wiping his face, wiping the sweat off, he happens to have a shirt that reminds her of the amusement park. So that's where they go. Apparently, he'd gone there as a kid. He loved it. So he talked to his assistant, Himuro, about it. When they get to the place where she (laughs) was going to jump over the railing before, you see her touch it and hesitate. Yeah. (laughs) It's not much, but it says a lot. It's beautiful. I love that moment. But then, just as she's about to get to the doll, here he comes. He, the <laughs> hero falls from the sky. He has a shining ooze that seems to be just spreading over his face, which we find out is a form of the DC Mini.
1: Yeah, it's like a DC Mini that's almost like implanted under his skin. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah, or possibly one that's melted or something's mm. gone wrong. Again, this is
0: a point where I feel like you can have that visual, but explain why this one looks different than the others. I don't understand. Yeah. We get a scene with Detective Konakawa. He's now on this case, dealing with the DC Mini disappearance and everything. So this has now brought them back together. He senses that Chiba is paprika. I don't even know how, but I like that moment. He's sweating. He's looking at her. She says, you should really look at somebody when they're talking to you because Tokita is going on and on. (laughs) And he's like, oh, yeah, sorry. We also find here, which I think is very cool. The device, yes, is going to be used for therapy, but it is also powered by the human body. So it doesn't need batteries or batteries to charge through heat coming off the body, something like that. So it could run indefinitely. Yeah. The chief and Detective Konakama are going to have an uncomfortable interaction with the chairman who pops out from behind a bush. Says, oh, it's, it's a terrible thing. The chief speaks of college and... Their days together. And don't you remember we were always looking at the future? I miss those days. And that conversation reflects as the detective is driving and has a panic attack, which doesn't really go anywhere. This one, I feel like you should have transitioned to him being in a hospital or getting home. I feel like there should have been one more thing here because it looks like he's dying. (laughs) And then we just leave him. Yeah. And he's okay in the next scene. Chiba is talking to Tokita but she's really mad at him now because he's basically building another one and he didn't safeguard this one either he's just doing
1: things without thinking first yeah he's really eager to build a second one all the time as well he's like i'll build oh that one's gone missing don't worry i'll build you another yeah (laughs) he's really really wanting to to
0: do that is at this point though that she's not only upset with him but it starts to lead her into realizing well Himero is probably also the victim. She says this in the conversation, but she's just upset at him for not doing the safeguards and you're doing it again. Stop acting like a child. Mm -hmm. This plays into something important for me later. Chiba races off. She becomes Paprika. She's in the detective's dream again. But the clown this time is not her voice Mm -hmm. and it's speaking in film terms. We're going to get to an elevator. There she is controlling the elevator. Each different level, each story is a different movie. Oh, this is the Tarzan floor. This is the spy thriller floor. This is Roman Holiday. Oh, and here is the 17th floor. No, I don't want to go there. It opens. It's our hallway scene. Paprika is in a cinema. She is clapping at the screen. The detective tries a hallway again. His gun is smoking. And the falling figure is now himself. So it looks as though he killed himself in the dream. Yep. Tokita, again, not thinking clearly, decides to enter Himuro's dream. All right. If I'm not responsible enough, if I'm not taking care of my own problems, well, it's time that I start. And so he lies down and tries to get in. But this is, we know, a mistake because now he becomes the toy robot that we saw earlier, that orange robot the dolls that are on the sort of throne thing start talking to Takeda. He realizes that the doll is not actually Himuro. Cut to the detective and Paprika talking about film terms. Mm -hmm. So he knows all these
1: different terms, and he's wearing these sunglasses, and he looks like a director, not like a detective. He looks exactly, again, he looks exactly like Akira Kurosawa. That was his design, that was his fashion sense, that cap and those sunglasses. As they're talking, though...
0: I mean, it's a very important thing because we're finding out, oh, actually, he really does like movies. And there's a level of movie that's beyond typical movie consumer. Mm-hmm. And it's an important scene, but it's going to get interrupted because we have trash start falling from the ceiling. And then the parade starts falling from the ceiling. Yeah, just and starts, in on them. <laughs> starts taking over. Tokita is now part of the parade. Yeah. Paprika tries to stop him, but can't. And then the cinema at one point just disappears. It's now the parade and outside in Sky. Back in the lab, both Takeda and Himaru aren't dreaming, we're told. But they are in REM, which is a very weird situation to be in. And so this is where they're really starting to think, oh, all the dreams are melding. And they're actually kind of being taken away from the people who started it. Right. So it's almost as though somebody is eating other people's dreams and leaving them with nothing. Yep. Which I believe it was the chief who was close to death because of, because of that. Like he was missing something. And so it was dropping his vital signs down to dangerous territory. Mm-hmm. We're going to have Paprika jumping into the dream. She becomes, I'm pretty sure, it's the monkey king. Yeah, yeah. Flying on her little cloud, yeah. Takeda is in a coma now. And Paprika is again going to encounter the parade. She's going to find a place that looks like a painted wall, and she's going to remove it, which leads her into a weird, dark alley. And we're going to see a bunch of little dolls, much like we found in that apartment before. Mm -hmm. But also, in the distance, there's a huge statue to Dr. Morio Asanai. The guy who, up until now, has had really no meaning, except he's there for Chiba to talk to for exposition. Yeah. Paprika is going to turn into Tinkerbell. She's going to fly, well, or a fairy, maybe not necessarily (laughs) Tinkerbell, but... Don't come out as Disney. (laughs) She's going to fly through a tunnel, and when she comes out of the tunnel, it's as though she's there with Kimaru, but his body is just a shell now. Both now literally in the dream, but figuratively out in the real world. She's going to go further out. Vines are moving, roots are moving, there's a tree which has the chairman's face, which tries to catch her. The chief and Chiba after this are going to go driving. They're driving in the rain. And this is where they really say all the dreams are merging. They're combining. And as they're talking about this, it cuts to the windshield and the many drops of rain gathering into sort of a river. Mm. So you are getting both the explanation, but you're getting this visual representation of it as well. Just fantastic. Yeah. And I'm sure that I missed that the first time. <laughs> in the chairman's conservatory, they're going to confront him. And he appears to start walking around. But as he comes around the corner, we see he's walking on roots. So this is still a dream. Or this is reality with dreams invading in upon it.
1: Yeah, one or the other.
0: The chairman goes off about, <laughs> about technology ruining modern society and people being absorbed into their screens. Why do we need these kind of people anyway? Going a bit crazy, but leads into what he tries to do at the end of the movie. We're also going to have, I think, Osanai at this point is, he's going to jump in and start trying to help out as well. Because he's basically, at this point, the chairman is going to unmask Paprika. She realizes it's a dream, but the chief can't wake her. So (laughs) she's in the dream, but the chief is still outside, supposedly able to wake her somehow, but he can't. Paprika is going to run. She jumps into, I think, a painting of Oedipus.
1: And the Sphinx. This is where she changes into the Sphinx. Uh, Yeah. That was
0: really well done. I like that. Then Paprika becomes Pinocchio. And in the parade... Okay, this part stretches pretty far. (laughs) She sees herself as Paprika and warns her past self as the Monkey King to get out of there. Yeah. To me, that's just a step too far.
1: It could be, yeah, but again, it's like, anything goes pretty much for me in this movie, so it's like I just, I just roll with it, like, yep, sure. I can understand
0: the attitude, but the thing is, we're not also doing time travel here, <laughs> which is what this
1: feels like.
0: Yeah. I could totally understand if she took her mind and became
1: something else in the image. But I don't think she actually does anything with that information anyway. I think it's just a throwaway, almost. I don't think she actually acts on it. She still gets caught, you know? It's not like it changes anything, so... That's yeah, just a fun bit of... She's paprika. She can change into a sphinx so she can make a copy of herself. Sure, why not? I don't know. But it doesn't feel like she's making a copy of No, herself. it doesn't. It doesn't. It does look like she's seeing herself. And maybe there's something deeper that I've missed to that scene. Because when I watched it, I was like, this does look special. And I was thinking, is this going to be the big twist at the end? Is there going to be something about this? So I watched extra hard to see if it came about. But they kind of just dropped it and didn't bother taking it anywhere. So yeah, I just forgot about it. We're going to see Paprika
0: as a butterfly pinned
1: to a table.
0: It's a room with tons of pinned butterflies around the room.
1: And the butterfly thing has been a thing that's been happening constantly throughout the film.
0: So you have, again, this guy who up until now felt pretty 2D, Dr. Morio Asai. He is there. He's very inappropriate with Paprika. He tries to tell her that he loves her, but we know nothing about this guy. We know that it's not reciprocated. Yeah. He does a very weird thing where he puts his hand inside of her, moves up, again, inappropriate, but essentially is dissecting away the outer shell, bringing Chiba out from inside. Yeah. Why do you hide in the shell? You're beautiful as you are. Mm -hmm. It would be nice if it was coming from somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. In this situation where she's trapped, it feels wrong. And from a character we don't know, but we know from every indication we're getting, The feeling is not the same. He's a creep. Paprika accuses, in this scene, Asunai of selling his body to the chairman for the DC Mini. Mm. And this is where he basically just says, yeah, the Mini is already able to do Waking Dreams. We were hoping it would get there, but it's already there. The detective is in the internet meeting room. The date turns to the 17th. He remembers all this stuff about when he was 17. He made this movie with his friend. He wanted to go to film school, but he was a bit afraid of it. His friend ended up finishing the movie, was about to get into film school, but then got sick and died before he could get to film school. And that's a lot of what this trauma has been about. When he was young, he had a dream that he didn't fulfill. Mm -hmm. And he feels still that he's letting his friend down by never having fulfilled that because his friend never got the chance. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I think that that's quite an interesting story. I'm not sure that I would have liked to have seen two hours of that one. Yeah. <laughs> but as part of this story, I think it works very well. And I think, again, it was a good idea, in my opinion anyway, to have the two main stories that sort of branch out, come together and branch out again. He's going to chase the shadowy figure, which looks like his childhood friend, into an alley. But now one of the marquises has the film Paprika. So he goes in. He sees what's happening with the doctor. He sees Paprika on the table, and he's going to start trying to push himself through the screen. The chairman is unhappy with Asuna, and he's going to erupt out of part of his body as well, his head and his root arm. Yeah, And he's going to try to kill her. They're fighting with each other. And in that time, the detective pushes through, stops them, rescues her, heads outside, and (laughs) the chief... As a monkey on the Tarzan poster starts talking to him. (laughs) I can't remember what the chief says. I remember the detective's line of, well, why are you a
1: monkey? One of the best responses I've ever seen. Yeah, because he he says something like, why are you not doing this? And he's like, why are you a monkey?
0: (laughs) The chief tells the detective, go to your dream. And he does. Asunai is now going to be the shadowy figure on the train and in the hallway. But in this one, he shoots him. And as he's falling, Asunai says, the pain is real. It ends as an action movie <laughs> with the detective saying, lights out. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the girl. And he's in the sunset. Yeah. As he kisses Paprika. Chiba. No. Well, yeah, I guess she would be Chiba at this point. <laughs> the thing is, though, I think the detective only sees her as Paprika. Um...
1: Does he? I don't know about that.
0: But as he's kissing her, Chiba wakes up, and (laughs) unhappy with the situation, (laughs) and she ends up slapping the chief in real life. (laughs) They are then sitting by a wall in the office, Chiba and the chief, and she says, is this real? Chief says, well, it hurt. You know, that slap hurt, so it should be. Asuna is going to appear, but he's bloody, he's translucent. Yeah, we get that blood-smeared handprint across the glass. In reality, he's Fading. We mm. see him in the chairman's bedroom, fading into a floor that is being sucked down as though a vacuum is below it. Mm-hmm. The chairman crawls after him. We're going to be on the glass walkway. A huge doll that we've seen before in the red dress is standing there laughing very annoyingly, especially in the English version. Mm-hmm. The glass shatters, the bridge breaks, the chief is falling. Shiva goes to help him, but then Paprika also comes to help. Hmm. So now we have both of them. So in this, again, you're just saying it's a dream, whatever.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of just going with it. I didn't form an opinion about it. Even in the movie, I wrote this but down, actually. Even in the movie, she's like, why are you here, Paprika? And she basically just says, just go with it. Don't ask questions. Okay, bit of a cop out. but <laughs> What was it we got mad at for doing that in another episode we did of something where the Oh, no, no, it wasn't an episode. It was when we were talking about Tenant, where he's like, How does this work? And he's like, Just don't worry about it. Like, come on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the detective is closing his computer. He's happy. He has a sort of resolution now mm-hmm. through his dream. And then he's laughing to himself, but as he turns around, he sees the parade happening in real life. We see businessmen sort of wave and fall off of a building. People are changing shapes, they're changing into golden statues, they're changing into appliances, they're changing into schoolgirls and inappropriate phone picture takers. Yeah. I love it, though. This is, this is the scene that I remember the most. Mm. Okay, you've hinted at the parade, you've hinted at the parade, here it is. Yeah. Enjoy. You want your parade, here it is. <laughs> Paprika is going to jump into the news that's happening on the TV, the Chief and Chiba will follow. I think mean, even, I don't know on the Japanese version, but on the English version, ooh, and somebody just appeared out of thin air. <laughs> Paprika and Chiba argue as to who is part of who and who is right. You always jump through. You always think too much. Tokita, as the giant robot, is going to save them from the giant red doll. Chiba says she must stay to help Tokita. She won't say why yet, mm-hmm. but... She wants to stay and help him. Paprika says to the chief, "That's okay. She's finally being her true self." And so they take off on a horse out of a ad or something that was on a, the wall—a
1: a racehorse for some gambling thing. Chiba
0: tries to talk sanity to Tokita, but he's—he's he's not having it. As the chief and Paprika ride their horse, they find a warped area, which the bartenders explain to the detective—the bartenders from Paprika's lounge area—that. This is sort of the link between the worlds where the dream world and reality combine. I guess this one I'm willing to just go okay, yeah, fine, whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to try to think this one through too much, but they're going to fly down on a banner, which is going to block Tokita's vision. He's going to get stuck between buildings, much like in the elevator before. Yep, a ghostly and pretty large Chiba pulls him out just like she did with the elevator. And this is where we actually see something that I think did happen, Mm -hmm. but we just didn't get to see it before, which is a sweet moment of them after she pulled him out of the elevator. Yeah. And this leads into it, but I'll get to it in a minute. We need to talk about the finale, which is... The shadow Dr. Manhattan, basically. (laughs) The giant, shadowy, dark chairman. Yeah, I'm standing on my own legs. He's towering over the whole city. I'm going to destroy everything that doesn't fit into my vision of what is right with the world. Mm. He's a bit like old man shouts at cloud but he has the power
1: <laughs> to can, actually he, do he, it. He can actually punch and control the clouds. Yeah. yeah.
0: Which to me feels like this is way ahead of its time. I mean as we are talking now it's still the whole issue of the fights between the older generation and the younger generation that kind of we are in the middle of and somehow out of. But That is what this feels like. And in that time, I mean, you got to think 2006. This is what iPads could do video then. And it was kind of the first time where I think a year before YouTube even came out. And this is animated. So it's not like they made this in a day. This probably took a long time. I don't want to say it was largely ahead of its time, but it definitely feels like it was. Yeah. It was hitting something or maybe it's just because it has come to this stage in reality that it feels like it hit so much of that stuff ahead of its time but it's so meaningful now and I think that so long as there's new technology that people are worried about and older people are scared of it and younger people love it this movie will always have a purpose and will always have a feeling of belonging in that time even though The phones were flip phones in the, in the movie. I think it will hold up. I think that this message holds up. To save us all, Paprika becomes a giant, shining child. Yeah. And she will start eating the bad dreams. Inhales them more or less, doesn't she? Just (laughs) growing with each inhalation. Yeah. Getting bigger and bigger. The chairman tries to stop her by putting his hand on her head. And she just eats it (laughs) and the rest of him. And that basically leads into he's done. Chiba is there, nude, full grown, and the dreams fade. We see a bunch of destruction around that is real, but a bunch of things that really start to fade away. We, as viewers, fade to black. We're going to wake up with Tokita. He is waking up. Chiba is by his side. They hold hands. Mm -hmm. Let me just say it here. Here is the thing where I think so much of her story is about this love story she didn't want to admit that she had Mm -hmm. and i think that a lot of it is she wants him to be a better person she loves him but you're just irresponsible irresponsible you're a grown-up child look at the way you eat look at all this stuff you do i'd be crazy to be with you Mm -hmm. but it's who she really wants to be with And so, I think that a big part of that restaurant scene, you could say it was meant to be comedic because...
1: Oh, look at at, Fatso eating all the food. Yeah, Yeah. and the
0: waitress kept asking, whose food is this? And he had to keep raising his Mm -hmm. hand. Yeah, that one's mine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one's mine. Yeah, that one's mine. Yeah. He is a big guy. I mean, he's not just fat. He's about eight feet tall as well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I think that a lot of that was her chance to say, you really need to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And not just take care of yourself for you, but wanting to say, because I want more time with you. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what the the extra elevator scene here at the end kind of gave us is, yeah, she's always felt that way. Right. But she was saying those things behind his back in ways that could be interpreted more than one way. Here now, though, it's clear. Mm -hmm. She's holding his hand. She likes him. And Paprika already said, like, she's being true to herself. So we know... This is what she really wants. The detective walks away disappointed because he can't be with Paprika, but he does get a vision of his high school friend saying, hey, you may not be making movies, but you're living our crime movie in real life now. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And we even get an extra bit with Paprika leaving a message for him. It says, hey, Chiba's going to have a new last name soon, but also there's a good movie you might want to go see. And that's how it ends with him actually going back to see the movie. He can feel free to enjoy that part of his life again.
1: Yep, yep, and that's it. He goes up to the the kiosk, one ticket please, and then, done. I really
0: enjoy this movie. Not just the visuals, like I said, that's the thing that I think stuck with me the most, Mm -hmm. but this dealing with past trauma, it's not a huge betrayal, it's not one of the huge twists that I feel we get a lot of in series these days. It's just He's disappointed in himself and he feels a bit guilty because he feels like he let his friend down. Yeah, yeah. And through this technology, he was able to come to terms with that and be able to move on. I like that. There's a love story. She loves somebody, but she just can't make that commitment until she finally realizes it's absolutely what she wants. And she wants to be there to take care of him in some way and be part of his life in some way they in a way needed each other mm-hmm. to make that happen so these parallel stories that interweave and combine i think that now that's what's going to hold me more than anything along with as i said before the conversation or the the topic here about new technology and how it should be implemented and whether or not we're rushing into things how does the older generation feel about it versus the younger generation i think those kind of Themes are going to play throughout and make this a movie that will be worth watching for many years to come. Gaps for all the more gaps created.